Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else. Um, this is Dave and Brian on Opposing the Matrix. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. It's good to have you back, buddy. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I apologize for Monday night show. I guess I scared some people. Um, that, that was not purposeful. Um, but you know, when you're talking about the end of your country and stuff like that, it can, uh, it can be a little daunting, I guess, you know, but, um, anyway, excuse the background, you know, you know, what's going on here. So, you know, we got doors over there, little sheetrock there, 43, uh, pieces of sheetrock outside. And, uh, we're going to try to rock and roll this weekend and maybe look, maybe make it look a little better. We'll see what happens. But um, so, folks, um, tonight we're going to talk about lying signs and wonders and not just the biblical lying signs and wonders. We've talked about those many times, um, but how it's kind of bled into the uh, the world with the world, the uh, lying signs and wonders. And, you know, the world has always lied and, um, and shown different signs and wonders, I, I guess, you know, uh, medical advances and stuff like that. Um, but now it's getting kind of freaky and creepy. It's with Project Bluebeam and, and everything else, and the Chinese claiming to have uh, military satellites in space, and the Russians claiming that too, and and the fires down south in California, you know, the ones that burned down entire towns and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff tonight. So, so Brian, what's new on your end down there in uh, SoCal? Um, you know, same old insanity. You know, they... They, I think I said this last week, so if you've heard it, just ignore it. Um, was it last week, I think, or the week before they passed a law that 12 years and older can, don't have to have medical consent from their parents? Huh. Let, let so me you can go get an abortion. If you're 12 years old, you can get an abortion, you get a sex change. But you still have to take care of them and feed them until they're 18. Right. My, my question so, is, Brian, with, with all that, now – Okay, so the children are basically liberated. But what yeah. happens if somebody 12 years old uh, sets a school on fire or, or you know, um, throws a rock through uh, some building down there? Who's going to have to pay for it? Probably the parents, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a, we had a child in the school district where I worked, uh, broke into a classroom and lit off a spiral extinguisher with two kindergarten rooms, and it caused oh, about 15000 in damage. Oh man! They they broke the windows, climbed it through the windows, grabbed the fire extinguisher, and set it off in the classrooms. Good golly! Yeah, this is like uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, so so the government's got it made. They control your children. If the children do anything wrong, you have to pay for it. Man, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> life of Riley. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much have no rights as a parent. Yeah, in California. Definitely. And I heard that uh, recently, I, I heard today, or yesterday, sorry, that uh, there's a lot of people in, in California that are actually moving to Mexico because it's cheaper to live there. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Yeah. A little bit more of a sane society, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought I'd find myself saying that, but I said it, so there. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, um, so what's gas like down there? Just curious. Um. I mean, where I live, it's about, you can get it for $6 a gallon, like an Arco, but right. like Chevron's like 650 per regular. 
seven dollars for premium, seven fifty for diesel. Wow. There's there's places there's places where it's seven, you know eight dollars, but that's not that, that's just a few places. It's about six fifty is the average where I live. Uh huh. Six sixty, six seventy. Yeah, it's so, about five thirty, five forty here. So yeah, that's that's down little... in the town, away from the freeways. The freeways are crazy. Yeah, you know? right. But um, right. so they're really yeah. socking it to us in our pocketbooks. Yeah, I mean, gas for me has gone up uh, four hundred a month just on gas to drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just on gas. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah we mm-hmm. we pretty well got to the point now where if we need something, we kind of wait, and then if we need three or four things, then we go downtown and pick it up. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, these multiple trips downtown, and we only live about five miles from town, so. But still, yeah. it adds up. It really does. Oh, and food's crazy. I mean, a hamburger six dollars a pound. Yeah. Yeah, that's I remember crazy. when salmon was six dollars a pound. Yeah, that's and right. Uh, yeah, it's probably more than six, probably seven or eight, you know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know. It's... <laughs> and you know what? This is going to be cheap. This is going to be cheap, folks, mm-hmm. compared to what's coming. Yeah. If you can even, if you can even get food. Yeah. What are the so, scripture, scripture says that there's going to come a time when a whole bag of gold, you can buy a piece of bread, basically, or a loaf of bread. You know. I think that's isn't that the Biden build build back policy? Isn't yeah, build back. Yeah, build back better a bag of gold to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, I think it's instead of B U I L D, it's B I L L E D. Build back better. You know? <laughs> How about destroy the economy better? You know? Yeah, there you go. Let's make down America better. Yeah, you know, you know somebody, somebody I know, Brian. Um, he said that. Um, he thinks that Biden is a Republican plant trying to make the the uh, Democrats look so bad that there's no way that they're going to receive any votes in this next election. And, you know, I've kind of weighed that back and forth a little bit, but uh, maybe it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But he's, well, you know, the issue with that is, though, he's been a Democrat for 50 years. Yeah. So Biden's been this way for 50 years. So That's it's true. not like um, he, he actually was a little more conservative. He was like an old time. I consider John F. Kennedy an old time Democrat. Right. Which now would be a, a liberal Republican. Yeah. So, but I agree. Uh, Biden's always been this way. He's just gotten worse. And now the left, the AOC uh, squad and the far left are controlling him. Yeah. And I really think he's a, well, and also I think it's an agenda by the new world government that we talked about last week that, He's being told behind the scenes, you're going to do this. Yeah, and, that's right. And I think that's Obama giving the orders from the banks and the insurance companies and, you know, the, what's his name, Charles Schwab. Yeah, I think, you know, Biden. <laughs> no, no. I, I do that all the time. It's not Charles. It's, is, is he uh, Schwab? It's, um, oh. Yes. Yeah, it's Schwab, but it's not Charles. It's, um, oh, uh, it's a German, German name. I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. Now I got to look it up on the phone, and we t- just talked about it last week. Yeah, if anybody from Charles Schwab is listening to the show, we're not talking yeah, about Charles. Folks, this is what happens when you have two baby boomers doing a podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. right. <laughs> but isn't it isn't it interesting that Germany lost the war? Well, they lost the physical war. They they won yeah. the, the political war because um, they're winning it right now. But um, but it's, now Germany is the most powerful nation again in Europe. 
And then we got some guy from the World Economic Forum, um, Schwab, who is um, basically going to take us right into the uh, the socialist uh, scheme of things again. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what it is about Germany. It's it's like, this is their third strike, though. You know, it's uh, once they destroy the world this time, Yeshua is going to come back and see that it never happens again. I know. Wow. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just getting the things we. See, I mean, what did I see? There, uh, they had a uh, oh transgender or a oh gosh, I'm just blanking. You're gonna have to really help me out. Uh, came into a kindergarten classroom and is teaching trans. You know, doing uh, story time. Oh, um, right. I, when they dress. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, when no. they dress up like a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, transgender or. Um, Woman in drag or a drag, a drag man, man in drag, yeah, drag, drag queen. queen. Yeah, coming into the classrooms in California and doing story time. <laughs> I can't believe it. I really yeah. can't. But if a guy came in with a Bible, they throw him in jail. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I, of course I miss my dad. He died in '99, but I, I'm kind of glad that he went when he did mm-hmm. because if he was still around, he would have popped the blood vessel by now. You know, he, yeah. he would have been. It would have been nuts, you know. So it's it's a good thing that kind of that that generation's going away because, and, I, and folks, I don't mean it that way, but where where the stress and and everything and 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 having lived a wonderful life as an American and then and, and seeing all this stuff happen now, you know, I don't think a lot of people that age are, are able to handle it. Um, right. And, and you know, so that's what I mean is that uh, they don't have to worry. Like like um, like they would if they were if that generation was alive right now, and I think that's why this all this is happening too because they waited for that generation to die out, um, so that there would be less resistance to this uh, this uh, World Economic Forum, the uh, the new, new World Order, and stuff like that. But um, you know, boy howdy, if they were alive, <laughs> I don't know. I know. Yeah. So Brian, uh, tonight we're talking about lion signs and wonders, and and you know, like I said, we've we've talked about the 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 the, the biblical lion signs and wonders, and, and you know, we're going to visit that again tonight, and um, also we're we're going to talk about all the. Well, you, you got to look at COVID. COVID was a lying a lying wonder, uh, a lying yeah. sign, basically, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. And now we've got all these other things coming down the pike too, you know, with all these different diseases that they're telling us that someday we're gonna we're gonna have. Oh, by the way, there's three counties here. The um, here in Oregon, uh, what is it? Uh, Lane, Douglas, and a county up north, Lincoln County. Um, they're talk the CDC. Um, we got to make up a better um, word for that acronym because it's. It's not, definitely not the Center for Disease Control. It's the Center for Disease Promotion. And it's, well, they're, they're saying that these three counties probably should go back to wearing masks. Now, it hasn't come down as an edict from, uh, from the dictator Brown. Um, but, you know, if she's going to pick up on this, it's, it's going to start all over again up here. And I don't know. There's, a, there's something about uh, in Scripture. There's a Scripture that talks about a dog running back to its own vomit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and dogs do that, unfortunately. But um, and that's what we're doing. We're running back to the old vomit again. You know, something that doesn't work, something that the people couldn't stand in their stomachs and they couldn't digest. So they threw it up. And now mm-hmm. we're going back to it again. You know, 
human beings can never learn. They just cannot learn from from stupidity. And like the, the saying goes, you can't fix stupid, you know. And um, so I don't know. It's just um, I don't know. I, people without faith, I don't know how they do it, Brian. I really don't know how uh, to do it. No. You know, it, it's, I guess a heart can be so hard that it just accepts everything the way it is. But that's kind of animalistic in nature, too, when you think about it, you know. Uh, not wanting to change your bad condition, but just living with it and letting somebody else worry about it. That's something that an animal would do, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, Brian, what, what, what's on your mind? That'll take about two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's it. <laughs> it's, I have long COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And then, no. Um, I mean, if you want to start off, that's fine too. I mean, if you want to, um, we're going to talk about the the false signs and wonders and the lying spirits and things like that, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, um, but go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. No, you, we do this because no, me, <laughs> me and Brian, we think we think about the same time. You know, <laughs> yeah, we do. Even on our phone calls, you know, it's, we're we're always going. No, you yeah. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I was thinking about the fact that the church was attacked first. Uh, I should, when I say church, I mean true believers were attacked first. The, the, the stone cold churches have never been a threat to the enemy. So they haven't really been attacked. But our, you know, the true believers have been fed so many lies from the enemy. <clears throat> so many, uh, um, when I was in a church in Mexico years ago, um, Matter of fact, it was at my my first wedding, and um, there was a gal that was running around with a little diamond in a baggie, and she said that the Lord gave that to her during one of the services, and she found it on the floor. And I'm like, well, you know, did you look around to see if anybody lost the diamond out of their ring, you know, and uh, and you know, people saying that their their teeth are being remade into into gold teeth and stuff like that, and. And my favorite, the angel's feathers that are falling down from the sky um, yeah. or from the, from the ceiling. And then uh, what, is, what is else that has been raining in, in the churches? I can't remember. It's um, gold, gold dust. You know, and, and people have actually collected that and taken it to uh, an assayer, and it's not gold. It's uh, I think the last time I heard it was glitter, some kind of um, metallic glitter that was fed into the um, – the, uh, the system, the air system, and uh, and it was mistaken for gold, and it was they were told it was gold and everything, and they believed it, and and um, <clears throat> it's just that um, are we that are, are Christians that un 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 unscriptured or unchurch? Well, they're they're church, they're in church, they're not unchurched, but are they so ignorant of scripture that they? They're willing to believe anything. You know, we're told to test everything, right? We're told to test yeah. everything right? to see if it's real or not. And so if I was sitting in a church and gold dust started falling, yes, I'd collect some of it. And I'd do exactly what that other person did, take it to an assayer. And um, who's to say that they're real diamonds? You know, maybe they're cubits. You know, you can pick them up for, for a song and then spread them around. And, then you know, people think that they're real. And, um, I mean, are, are churches that desperate where they have to do stuff like that, or, or is it really a um, a, a a 
forthright um, distraction, a forthright um, deception to to actually get people to believe it. Um, I don't. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I my back, you know, my background a little bit uh, uh-huh. with the church. I, I grew up kind of a Baptist, right? And then I I came into this gifts of the spirit and, and charismatic. Like right. I've said before, I'm a Baptistic. Uh-huh. Okay. Come on, go with me, Dave. So, um, <laughs> um, it sounds like a washing machine, but go ahead. So I, I yeah, back to that, yeah, that's three cycles. What was it? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, um, um, so I've been in a church that was Bible based, taught the Bible really well, but they didn't move in the power of the gifts of the spirit. Uh, it doesn't mean God wasn't there moving. So don't get me wrong. If you're a Baptist or conservative church, God moves in. He can move anywhere. Right. Um, but I was never taught that. And then I found out about him later, and I started experiencing those myself. And I'm giving a background because I can relate to both sides. And so um, when it comes to these, I've seen God really move, actually authentically do things that blew my mind. I knew it was God. Actually, it just there was no doubt. And then I've seen things where like, hmm, that seems kind of odd. And you try not to be judgmental, but at the same time, you got to test the spirits, like you said, Dave. Right. And so I've I've been in a church where uh, I've seen people dark, uh, bark like a dog and uh, act walk like a chicken in a duck and. I'm looking at that, and in my spirit, inside where my Holy Spirit lives, is like, no, that's not, that's not me. That's not the Lord. I'm not going to go up to those people and tell them that. That's not my place. And then I've seen things happen at a church in Canada uh, in the 90s. This young boy, about 10 years old, had cancer, and his mom had brought him there because he was he was terminally ill. They had done everything they could do. Mm-hmm. And he brought him there and he was thin, looked like he had cancer. And the guest speaker, I think it was the guest speaker. And there was in that church service, there was probably 3000 people, maybe four. Right. It was, it was basically a Costco that they made into a church. It was massive. And it was it, after the service, people would, want to be prayed for because God's spirit was falling in that church and it was falling in that church. It was real. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a point here in a minute Sure. about this. And I remember uh, staying late to the very end. We were the first ones there, the last ones to leave. And this uh, boy, when uh, mom went in prayer, so we got prayer and I can't remember who it was. It was the pastor or the speaker, but one of them had, they had a shofar at the service and he grabbed the shofar, and I'm standing this five feet away because I'm I'm watching this and and just seeing how they operate there. I guess the better term. And they blew the shofar right into this child, right? Like Ooh. they held it about a couple inches from his chest, and they blew it right in his chest. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird, you know. I mean, and, and yeah. the kid, it, it got loud. The guy knew how to blow a shofar, and they're really hard to do. And so I'm thinking, wow, is that real? Was this that? Fast forward, I came back to that same church. I don't remember the time frame, but I went twice. 
and I came right. back. And I came back the same evening that that child showed up again. Right. And he totally healed from cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was on his deathbed when he showed up. Wow. Was it the shofar? And he gave a testimony, and the mom said that she brought him there because basically he was going to die within a few months. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't know what else to do. The chemo wasn't working. Radiation wasn't working. Nothing was working. I don't remember what kind of cancer he had, but he didn't look healthy. He came back. He looked like a normal child, healthy, gained weight, got his hair back. And she said the night after the night that he got that blown into him, she had never seen her son sleep so hard and so peaceful um, because the drugs and all the chemo and everything and all the stuff keeps him up. You know, he's sick. Right. And so it was the best night's sleep he had in years. And from that point on, his hair started growing back. He went in for like a check about two weeks after that service and he had no cancer. Wow. That's awesome. That's the same service that I saw the barking dog and the walking chicken. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to say it uh, and, I, and God forgive me, but I don't think the barking dog and the walking chicken were the Holy spirit. Right. My opinion, God, you see me, it could be wrong, but that was God. Was that strange? What he did, it was really strange. I've never seen that. Right. It was as strange as somebody barking like a dog. Pretty close. It was, it was mm-hmm. different. I'm looking like, what's, why is this guy blowing that thing so in this kid's face? Well, when Jesus healed a blind man, he spit on the ground, made mud, and put it on the guy's eyes. Just thought about that, yeah. Peter walked by in the shadow, healed people. Yeah. So I think what happens in it, what happens is when God's spirit moves in different times and places in our history, he really like Smith Wigglesworth in South LA, you know, uh, if you read about Smith Wigglesworth, it's, it's crazy the things that happen. He, I don't think he had a eighth grade education. His wife had to teach him how to read and write. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yet he was one of the greatest preachers of that, of our time, of that time. A hundred thousand people came by to see what was going on in his little feed store and they got saved. Right. And the line wrapped around blocks and blocks of LA when this was happening. Uh-huh. You can look it up. So what happens is you get people in these services and, and it's just human nature that you get wolves in sheep's clothing that come in. They talk right. like a, uh, like a Christian. They walk like a Christian, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And they're, they fool themselves so much they think they are, which is scary. Right. And they start taking advantage of these people, of these things when they happen. Uh, a, a real good one is a prophet. I move in the prophetic, and Dave, you know right. that. Mm-hmm. But the prophets are the judges of prophets. So if some guy gets, if a guy, if a person prophesies, anybody. It doesn't match what scripture says about what they're prophesying. It's a false prophecy. Right. The theme of the prophecy needs to match scripture. It doesn't have to be verse by verse, but the theme of what they're saying. If somebody gets up and says, you know, thus says the Lord, you're all going to die tonight. God hates you. You're all sinners are going to go to hell. Well, obviously, that's a false prophecy. You know, so, so what I'm saying here is you have a lot of these people now that the spirit moved in the church, whatever church it is, did some great things, but it was for a season. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit left the church. It just means right. he's not doing those things anymore. He might have moved somewhere else. He might do them 
individually, but as a mass, he doesn't do it anymore for whatever reason. It could be sin. It could be the pastor is missing the mark. But people still want it to happen, so they go in there and they make it happen themselves. Right. Um, you know, gold dust coming from the ceiling, you know, bird feathers falling. I can't say it happened or didn't happen. All I know is when the spirit falls in the church, if it's truly God, God is magnified and he is put on the front and center. Mm-hmm. As soon as he's not front and center and you start worshiping the miracles more than the person that gave the miracles, then you're in sin and the church has gone too far. That's and right. today, like Benny Hinn, and I mentioned, you know, I mentioned him because he's real famous and some of the and things he does. And, yeah. You know, only God knows the heart, but you're going around ministering all over the world and he's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. And I imagine he, even him and his ministry has done some good things. But when you start buying mansions and Rolls Royces and private jets or whatever, I don't know if he has a private jet, and you start living extravagantly with the money of believers that have given it to you for your ministry, right. there's an issue there. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's an issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't support yourself. Yeah, you should have a nice car, a house, and and uh, pastors of churches that are ministering. And any pastor out there right now, you know, you love the Lord. You're rightly dividing the word. You're ministering. You're doing what God's telling you. You need you need to have the church support you and pay for your needs and so you can minister full time you shouldn't be destitute and it doesn't mean you can't have a nice car or house but extravagantly and there's a guy named rich mullins who was a singer in the i think he died in the 80s he right. i think he wrote the song awesome god it's an old song they never play anymore but it's a great song and he was traveling around just like amy grant the same era as amy grant and he was only taking 40000 a year or 30000 a year as an income. And he's worth millions of dollars. He lived on an Indian reservation in a trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he did his cover for his, one of his albums, he covered his face because he didn't want anybody to see his face. Right. Because he wanted God to get the glory. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. These churches, these lying spirits. And it says in the last days that Men's hearts will go cold. When it says men, by the way, ladies, I mean, everybody knows this. Probably seem to say this, but it means mankind, men, women, and children. And so when it says last days, and I think it's in Luke, Jesus said it, men's hearts will go cold. There'll be a falling away of the faith. Sons against fathers, daughters against mothers. There'll be, it'll be um, just... In the last days, somebody, I saw this the other day. How long have we been in the last days? We've been in the last days since Jesus went to heaven. Right. That's when it started. Exactly. So we are in the last of the last of the last days. We're at the other end of the spectrum. We don't know the day or the hour, but we know it's really close by the signs we're seeing. Exactly. Everybody knows it. I, on the Internet all the time, all the different denominations all know it because they're all talking about it. And so... When I hear these preachers, I'm going back to the signs and wonders of these false churches, Dave, like the one in Reading. Right. Um, 
when it's it, it, when these prophets get up and they say there's going to be this huge revival and masses are going to get saved, that's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. There has been revivals. I got saved in the Jesus movement in the 1970s. I think you did too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in the 70s, there was a huge mass revival across the United States. It was massive. And most of our Christian leaders are from that era that are ministering right now. Right. Uh, Calvary Chapel is out of that era. You know, the Vineyard Church came out of that. So you've got periods of time like that. But that was 40-something years ago. It says as it gets close to the end, there'll be a falling away, mm-hmm. a great apostasy. I don't think what the scripture is teaching is a mass worldwide revival. There's pockets of revival here and there. I know in the Muslim world right now, uh, Muslims are being saved by the thousands. I've, I've read up on it. Right. But these prophets keep coming into these towns and cities in America, at least. Yes, city's going to do this and that city's going to do that. That's great. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the revival, not about the person that's supposed to bring the revival, which is Yeshua HaMashiach, right. the Lord. It's all about them. And I'm tired of hearing about these prophets, you know, you know, the 12 signs before the end that have to happen and things like that. And it just grieves my heart because it's taking the gift of the, the, the office of the prophet and the prophecies and it's watering it down to the point people are sick of hearing it and don't want to believe it. Right. Right. And so that's what's happening. And this falling away of the faith, that's what the script, the scripture says will be a falling away of the faith and people's hearts will go cold. It doesn't say people's hearts will go warm and start loving the Lord and right. or getting saved and, and then loving the Lord. Those people who already know the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. It says, it even talks about believers hearts, not to be cold, to be careful you don't get a calloused heart in the last right. days. It actually tells us in, in, in the New Testament to look for his appearing. And those who are looking for his appearing, coming back, will, he will reward them with a crown of righteousness. Right. He'll reward you for looking. I don't care if he comes. He'll come when he comes. No, the scriptures, that's wrong. The scripture says you will be rewarded looking for his appearing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I can tell you there will be a revival and and uh, maybe these prophets have the timing off. I'll give them that because there's a revival coming during the tribulation. Right. And there's a massive amount of people that will get saved during the trip. It mentions it in the book of Revelation. There's a sea of people around the throne that came out of the great tribulation. Right. And so, and it says in, this, in one particular paraphrase, it can't be numbered. So it's millions upon millions upon millions that will be saved or hundreds of millions that will be saved during that seven-year um, time. Right. So these prophets, they go into these churches, they see these great prophecies, they write books, they got tapes. They got, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, but think about what a prophet was in the Old Testament. Um, it's called John the Baptist was a prophet. Yeah. Of whom there was no man born of a woman that was like John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself said that. Right. So why was he so great? He lived out in the desert, ate honey and locusts. He wore animal skins as, as clothes. But Jesus said he was the greatest prophet of them all. Right. He was more greater than Elisha and Elisha and Moses. He mm-hmm. put him up on a pedestal. No man has been born of a woman like John. That's a pretty big compliment coming from the Son of God. Sure. 
yeah. you know, and so you have Elijah and Elisha, uh, of what I mentioned, um, doing great miracles, but Elijah was living in a cave because he was scared of the queen because he just killed all her prophets. Yeah. So prophecy and prophets and words of knowledge and these gifts are meant to build up the saints. They're not meant to motivate them like a motivational speaker. They're meant to be spoken from God to them, to the people, to heal them and build them up and encourage and correct them if they need that. Right. Not not to sell books, not to say that God's going to bring fire down and, and gold dust is going to come down into the church next week when you guys show up. I have a vision, you know, whatever it is. It's, you know what it does? It reminds me of, of somebody in the, playing the lottery. I've played it before. But you have this hope you're going to win millions of dollars. But most nobody ever wins. So it gets you all hyped up and you feel kind of happy for a little while because you're thinking, man, tonight's the drawing. I, I might win. <laughs> but you don't win. Most people never win. Mm-hmm. But for a short time, it gives you a little shot. That's what false That's what false words and prophecies do. They give you a shot in the arm. They make you feel good and gives you hope. But it's a false hope. If it's not exactly what God has actually said to you, then it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's just to promote the prophet or the church or some ministry. That's it. And it says the prophets are to judge the prophets. So if somebody gets up and prophesies up in a church, that the other prophets say, yeah. And you can tell. A lot of times when you're in a church and there's a really good prophecy, you can tell by the prophet prophecy given. You can feel it in your spirit. It's from God. But when you got to kind of cringe a little bit, like, yeah, this doesn't seem right. Then you take it and you put it on the shelf and say, if that's from God, I'll go back to it later. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, it's sad to watch because I see it on TV I hear about it in other churches. I've been in churches like this that um, take advantage of the gifts. If if you're praying for somebody, you want to pray that, you know, that it used to be where in these churches, when I, I was in these churches watching this or ministering in some of them, is that you pray for them to be filled with the Spirit. Why would somebody be filled with the Spirit? Because it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because... When God's, God's spirit already lives in you, if you're saved, but to man, that God's spirit would manifest from the inside out and go beyond your feelings, among your emotions and heal you. And just, he, that's what God wants to do. He lives in us. He wants to say, let go of the reins, let go of the steering wheel and let me take over. When you do that, whatever time that is, and you're being prayed for that, God's spirit says, yes, that's good. And he, wells up in your body, you might all of a sudden just feel this peace come over you or calmness. Um, you might just laugh, laugh in the spirit, but not laugh like, and I know people are against that, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. My innermost being comes of living waters. Mm-hmm. It's, it says laughter is healing to the soul. It says in um, Psalms, I think it says Psalms or Proverbs. So, God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be happy even in the midst of horrible circumstances. Circumstances have nothing to do with joy. Right. We always think if we're happy, we'll be happy if we get a car. You don't want to be happy in life. You want to be full of joy in life. 
it's different. Right. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So right. you want to be filled with joy. And the only person that can do that for anybody is a, a believer is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So you can feel this joy where you just like laugh. You're like laughing at your circumstances. It's like, why am I so stressed out? You're laughing like, oh, you got to be kidding. Mm -hmm. right. Oh, you know, because God's presence is so strong on you. Mm -hmm. uh, David said, uh, back then, the Holy Spirit would come and go on on the patriarchs. It would come and go on them. He, he wrote songs and said, Holy Spirit, do not depart from me. But us in the new covenant and, and what we have now, from Yeshua dying on the cross and raising, is once the Spirit's in you, he's in you. Mm -hmm. so, That's right. Um, so the gifts are good, the Spirit the things that happen from God are good. Healing, prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, people getting healed, people getting delivered of demons. All this is good. Right. What happens is you get people in there that want to sensationalize it. They want to get a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they mess it up. And actually, in one way, in one way, if the spirit really falls in the church, you know it's really there when the false prophets start showing up. Exactly. Because Satan wants to mess it up. He won't come in with a pitchfork, but he'll come in with a false prophet. And the next thing you know, people are going off left field doing all this weird stuff, eating grass off the ground. Mm -hmm. So I've, I know about that. I've seen that. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know about it. Right. And um, it's just, it's just sad because we're, the, the revival that's coming is going to be during the tribulation, and the tribulation is about to start. Right. So um, it's just – I just wish anybody hearing me that's a believer or watching, if you're looking for answers, it's in the Bible. If you want prayer, you need to get prayer from spirit-filled believers that know the Lord, that know the scriptures, mm -hmm. and that that's you right. can trust. And you will know when you find the right one, you will just know. Mm -hmm. But yeah. go ahead, David. I was going to say, you know, what's interesting. Uh, you, you, you talked about the enemy coming in uh, when, when righteous things are going on. Um, a big example of that is, and kind of um, kind of little sideline, is that uh, when, <clears throat> when Gulf, uh, not Gulf Breeze, um, the Pensacola blessing was going on. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's right. Well, what, guess what's right across the, the bay from Pensacola? Gulf Breeze. So at the same time that the Pensacola blessing was going on, the big UFO flap was going on in, 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 in Gulf Breeze. Oh, wow. So it was almost like the, the devil was saying, okay, well, that's real. I'm going to create these lying signs and wonders over here so that people will, will you know, kind of be distracted and come over here and look at this. And the whole UFO community, of course, went for that. For that, but there are some Christians in, in the Christian church that believe that the aliens are real, that they they are coming here to save us. You know, you, you can ask anybody. Walk into any church and walk up to somebody and just say, "Hey, what do you think about UFOs?" You know, and I would say about seven out of ten people in the church will say, "Well, yeah, I think that they're they're aliens, and I think that they're coming." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you can't have both." You can't have yeah, demons. Right. You can't have demons yeah. coming and preaching their gospel and, and saying that they hate the Lord God, 
yeah and and still believe in the lord god you know it's you you can't it's 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 diametrically opposed to each other and the same thing happened in toronto when it was going on in toronto there was um I think that's when the uh, the Hudson Valley flap was going on. And when these flaps go on, it's not just UFOs. It's alien abductions, too. You know, so the people are getting abducted left and right. They're being fed a false gospel, being told that, you know, oh, yeah, God, Jesus is real. But, you know, he's one of us. So was Buddha. So was Confucius. So was mm-hmm. Muhammad, you know, um, and, and things like that. And um, so, yeah, and, and I've been in churches like that, too, where, you know, there's wonderful things going on. I've seen healings and, and things like that. And um, but at the same time, you have your your distractors. And, and I know that <clears throat> that witches, for instance, um, they try to infiltrate churches. It's one of their mm-hmm. jobs is to go in and infiltrate churches. And those are the evil ones that come in and they have a feeling or um, a knowledge of spirituality. You know, so they can get in there and they they do get in there. Not can they do, and and they they take the truth that's in the church and twist it just a little bit. You know, um, yeah. I was I was I knew a gal, um, a wonderful uh, woman in the Lord, um, and she used to be she called herself a red witch when she was a witch before she got saved, and I never asked her what that meant. Okay, uh, we got people in the chat room too, um, but. Okay, no, we do read the chats, okay? We just, when we're talking, it's, uh... okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, the, you know, there are distractors. And one of the things, Brian, that I noticed is that people really get into angel, um, in, into angels, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I've had more discussions with believers about angels that, think that feathered angels are real and and you know there are feathered angels they're called seraphim you know and but um every account you read in scripture when an angel came it was just like a man um a matter of fact they a couple of times people tried to worship them no no don't worship me worship god you know Mm -hmm. and a matter of fact i think when joshua uh, when he was marching around jericho um, they, the captain of the Lord's host was there. That's, that's the way he's called in the, um, in the King James version. I don't know about any other versions, but, and, and, uh, Joshua bent, bent a knee and he goes, no, no, don't do that. You know, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. He, that angel accepted the worship because that was actually Yeshua. Okay. But there, um, there are other angels that have visited uh, the angel that visited, uh, Abraham. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now there was two angels, but there was the Lord also. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because Abraham addressed them as the Lord. Now the Lord didn't have feathers. The, neither did the other two angels, but Abraham knew who that was. Okay. <clears throat> and when you get around, um, uh, heavenly beings, uh, the good guys, you know, you just know because they, they exude, uh, um, uh, a heavenly, um, persona. That's a good word. Um, we, um, a few years ago, uh, it's funny cause it kind of goes into two of the subjects you talked about tonight. Um, we went into, uh, a, a concert that's a place called, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a church up in, uh, up in Sacramento or down in Sacramento now. And, uh, we had gone there a lot of times. We saw Barry McGuire there and a whole bunch of different people, you know, people that 
sang for the Lord and loved the Lord. And like you said, when they did albums, you know, they didn't show their faces. They showed art or something like that. Right. It was, exactly it was right. a heavenly theme, you know. Well, we went to this concert and there was a group up there. Um, they were called the 77s. I'm surprised I still remember that. They, they didn't last very long and for a good reason. Um, but they were up there glorifying themselves. You know how rock, rockers do. They play. They look at each other and try to outdo themselves on the guitar and, and everything else. Well, a bunch of us decided, no, this isn't for us. This isn't from God. So we headed to old Sacramento. It's, it's just an old part of town where you can shop and, and walk around. It's really nice. Um, so we went there and um, an African-American fellow approached us. He was dressed up in kind of like old army garb. And he, he looked at us and said, if I don't get something to eat, I'm going to die. So we took him to Wendy's, you know. Now, I, I was stayed with one group, but another group took him over to a table and, and told them all about the Lord, you know. And it was really neat. And um, so anyway, I wanted to talk to him afterwards, and I, I deliberately followed him out of there. But I turned my head for a second. When I turned back, he was gone. I went outside. And, you know, a guy dressed like that stands out, you know. Mm-hmm was gone he was totally gone so we entertained an angel that day and he was he was oh, that's cool yeah it was so awesome I I as long as i live but when i <clears> hear somebody <throat> say well i was visited by an angel and he had wings and stuff like that i i kind of i don't know i kind of like maybe maybe not you know because we know that the devil or satan even says in scripture he can present himself as an angel of light and so can his ministers, it says, which means other angels. Um, so we know that if he comes, my 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 thought is that, that an angel shows up dressed like an angel, I'm going to test him. You know, I mean, uh, with the feathers and the wings and everything else. You know, I just, for some reason, it doesn't really jive with me. Um, other people, you know, what they want to believe, they, want, they can believe and stuff like that. But that's the, the feeling I have about it. But... Um, um, oh, there's something else I was going to go into too, but I forgot about it. Anyway, um, yeah, so I can I can totally relate to what you're saying, and also I can relate to how how this has kind of bled over into um, into the world. Okay, now yeah, the world has always worshipped angels. The world has always had idols and everything else, but like you said, we, we're seeing a falling away. Okay, a big time falling away, actually. And mm-hmm. and with that falling away, we're seeing go, people going after strange things. But <clears throat> I was thinking today, who went after the strange things first? It was the church went after a lot of strange things. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Bethel Church. Well, you didn't say Bethel, but it's Bethel Church down in Reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other churches. Benny Hinn was another good example. Kenneth Copeland. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Tilton. Um and so people are, are flocking to people like that because they're, um, they still, I know that a lot of them speak in tongues and I, you know, I have to wonder whether that's genuine or not. I'm not going to judge that because if it's from the Lord, I don't want to, you know, judge, uh, unrighteously, but, um, but you could, the Bible is very clear and Yeshua said it. He says, you'll know them by their fruits. You know, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. And good fruit is godly things. Bad fruit is worldly things. So when you see somebody like um, Benny Hinn, um, and, and, and they're, they're spouting also all this stuff, and, and 
you got to wonder when he waves his hand when people fall if that's if that's demonic or if it's and again I can't tell okay but my gut feeling is that you know that there's some demonic in play there and and judging by somebody that that knew Benny Hinn uh, I, I had a, a lady friend back in Florida she knew and she got kind of into the inner circle and discovered that Benny Hinn wasn't exactly what he purported to be. Um, so, um, but now it's almost like the devil came to earth and he said, well, he's been here a whole time, but he, he said, okay, well, my biggest adversary is the church. I can't continue my work the way I want to, if the church is righteous. And believe me, when I say church, I'm talking about real believers. I'm not talking about people that go to church every Sunday and they do it just to make themselves feel better. And then they go and sin all week long. Um, but it's almost like he, he got in there and said, okay, I am going to weaken the church the most I can because the weaker the church is, the more powerful I am talking about Satan. And now that he's weakened the church, not killed it, but weakened it, uh, to, to some degree, except a lot of our listeners, you know, they, they know that, um, they know the truth. So they don't fall for things so easy, but, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people do, a lot of people do. Um, you know, I don't want to harp on it, but, um, you know, what about, I'm, I'm just going to write out and say it. What about the pastor that goes out and gets the COVID shot and then comes into church and tells everybody, I got the COVID shot. A lot of people look up to pastors, and what the pastor does, they want to emulate. So they all get the COVID shot, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's one church we went to. They send out prayer lists every week, and I'm noticing more and more um, stroke, heart attack, stroke, you know, nose bleeding and stuff like that. So while this pastor is a righteous man, don't get me wrong, he really is, he came out with a message that basically the people followed and and they went and got the, the injection. And, you know, I know a lot of those injections were placebos. And and I hope that the church got all the placebos. That would be really nice. Yeah. You know? um, and I could see Yahweh doing something like that. But um, at the same time, a pastor has to be very careful about the message he gives out and what he does. And um, And so seeing that, a pastor didn't research about what this is and, and he followed what the government told him to do and his, his sheep, because that's what pe- people are, um, went ahead and did what the pastor did. You know, that's, that's trusting in the world. I think a little more than trusting in God. Okay. And I'm not saying that I'm any better than anybody else. I just had a really bad gut feeling about this whole thing, and that's why I never got it. And I feel it was the Lord that was telling me not to get it. But um, So we see an intermingling between church and uh, let's call it state, church and state. Instead of mm-hmm. saying separate, we see that now the, the, the state doesn't really come to the church and seek the church, but the church always seems to go and to seek the, the state. Uh, a lot of it has to do with 501c3 status, you know, which I totally disagree with. And every church get out of 501c3. But um, so the church gravitates to what the world is. Now, if you ask to be your basic Christian in church, your your friends, you know, your relatives, what do you think about evolution? Oh, yeah, well, I believe God could have used millions of years. 
you know, well, no, God didn't use millions of years. It's quite clear in scripture. He made everything yeah. in six days and rested on the seventh. And, you know, then you get the malarkey. Um, well, yeah, but, you know, it says in the scripture, a thousand years are like the, like a day to the Lord, and a day is like a thousand years. Okay, so he took 7,000 years then. Okay, still, it's not enough for evolution. And, you know, no. I don't know. People just, it seems like they don't have the will to want to investigate everything that they're told. And I understand that, you know, we're called sheep, and that's for a reason, because sheep are basically, they're not the smartest animals on earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they eat, they eat and make more sheep. That's basically what sheep do. <laughs> yeah. They don't have, they don't have the cognitive ability to sit there. Well, there's, there's that ditch there. Maybe I, I'll stay away from that ditch. A lot of times they fall into a ditch and Yeshua mm -hmm. talked about that several times. Um, so, uh, so we see the, the church gravitating towards the world and taking on worldly doctrines which has um, watered down. That's a good word. Watered down a lot of the faith. Okay. And I think that you and I are on, on the air to help people to, to get rid of the water and, and to come back yeah. to the faith, mm -hmm. you know, and, and <clears throat> praise the Lord for that, because if there's any rewards in heaven and I'm not doing this for rewards, of course, I know you're not either, mm -hmm. but um, you know, maybe that, that would be something. But um, so anyway, now that the, now that the church has been weakened, uh, how many churches closed down because of COVID and listened to the government? Since when does the government have the right to tell a church to do anything? They don't. Okay. And they use strong arm tactics. Well, you know, back in the first century, the church met no matter what the government said. Okay. You don't want us meeting in this building. We'll meet in the catacombs. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to meet anywhere we want to meet because we want to follow what our Lord is. We want to celebrate the Lord on, on his day. And everything else like that. So, um, <clears throat> so with the um, the watering down, let's say, of the basic church, not the not the church. You know what I'm trying to say, Brian. You oh know? yeah, I did. Yeah. And um, with that, now the devil has, or Satan, I'll say, has more power to do what he wants to do because he knows he's, he stands unopposed. Yes, there are people that stand outside of abortion clinics. You know, still. And, and, and protest and, and outside of abortion clinics and stuff like that. But um, I saw a cartoon years ago and it was in a creationist magazine or a book and it showed two castles. One of them was the evolutionist castle. The other one was the Christian castle. And I'm sorry, my hands are backwards. So I get mixed up here, but anyway, um, so the, the, uh, the Christian castle was trying to shoot the balloons that had all the names on it, like evolution and, and stuff like that. Um, all the, all the doctrines that the church believes or it's fighting against supposedly, but the worldly church was aiming at the foundation of the, of the Christian castle and shooting away at the foundation. Okay. And if you shoot out the foundation, the whole castle is going to crumble. So, and, and, and in essence, right. that was telling the truth of what, what was happening and has been happening all this time. You know, we're, we're, we're cherry picking what we want to shoot at and the enemy's shooting at the very foundations of our faith. And I hate, hate to say it, but it's worked. It's worked to some degree. And, but that doesn't mean that there's not a turning around. You know, there, there's always a repentance. Mm -hmm. There's always a turning around where people could say, Hey, you know, I've been duped. I've been had. I'm not putting in up with this anymore. I'm not believing what they're saying anymore. I'm turning back and going back to the Lord. 
you know, and I'm, I hope that if people listen to this and they, they're wrapped up in all this worldly stuff that's within the church right now, um, aside from all the gobbledygook that the church has taken on, um, you know, that they'll realize that they've been had. <clears throat> and, you know, what they say, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So and they need to come back. And all those scriptures that are talking to Israel about come back, come back, come back, even the, even the words of Paul, you know, yeah, you've kind of walked away, but come back, you know, and that's, that's what needs to happen. And, and so now you have Christians that are like, we'll take the, the uh, shot, for example, the vaccinate. Well, it's not a vaccination, the, the COVID-19 shot. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, they, they've gone and done that and then put their own selves at peril and, um, and believe what the world said. And so the world has gotten quite a foothold in the church. I mean, you walked into some churches, you know, and they were like, oh, you don't have a mask. You, you can't come here. You know, know. Prefer you, you prefer you wear a mask, you know, and, and you know, uh, groups of six, got to keep in groups of six. And <laughs> and you got to keep six feet apart and, and everything else. And it's like, no, show me in scripture where it says, it says to, to, to greet one another and give each other a holy kiss. <laughs> you know, and yeah, yes. it, doesn't, it doesn't say no. And a matter of fact, what, what did Yeshua do with the people that uh, the, the lepers? He touched, mm-hmm. he touched the lepers and they were healed. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. So it's, but now we have, now that the, 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 many in the church and especially people outside the church and the, the big time in the liberal community and stuff like that. They hang on every word. In essence, the um, hi, Palos Andros. Nice to have you here. Um, they hang on every word that the government says and don't check it with scripture. And it's 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 just leading to more of a demise of, of the faith. But we have to always remember that. Um, what did Yeshua say? I held, I held my sheep in my hand and I never let them go. Something like that. And. Um, so even though I always looked at myself, Brian, as somebody that was on a fishing line, you know, mm-hmm. and the Lord's holding a rod, <clears throat> you know, and I'll tend to stray a little bit and get into this. And then he just, zzz, you know, winds it back mm-hmm. in, you know, and I like being on that fishing line. I really do. I depend on being on that fishing line. I used to pray when I was younger that he would turn me in a, ro- a robot, basically, <laughs> just, just serve him, you yeah. know? And, you know, that's, that hasn't happened, but, you know, where would, where would the need be for faith and stuff if that happened? But, um, so now you've got the church joining with the masses, the worldly masses and, and, and all this fear with the shot and, and all this other stuff. Now that people are starting to believe in, and, um, you know, this, this shot was supposed to be a wonder. It was a worldly wonder, you know? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> And, and the world's promises, they, they caved in just like every other worldly promise caved in. You know, oh, yeah, this will keep you from getting COVID. And then right. people, started, people started getting COVID with the shot. Well, it'll make it less the next time you catch it. And then finally, they, they kind of caved, finally caved and said, well, you know, it doesn't really help. That's why you have to keep getting boosters. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you believe the first lie, you're going to believe every lie they, could, they come with after that. You know, and I'm sorry, folks, I talk with my hands. I'm part Italian. So, <laughs> but, 
but so we see not only the a, a church population that's being deceived, we see the world being totally deceived. So much so that, and here, here's a scripture. Oh, excuse me, I gotta reposition myself. Um, it's in, it's Paul, and he was writing to Timothy. And he says, know this also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of the own selves, covetous, uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of all that are good, traitors, heavy minded, heady, heavy minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. The last four words, from such turn away. (laughs) You know, but we see people turning towards them, you know, because they think science has all the answers. And and you got to admit that over the last 150, 200 years, science has worked miracles. Okay. Of course, there are miracles that the Lord allowed them to to, to work. And uh, medicine, for example, if if you were shot during World War One, your chances of dying were really good. World War Two, toward the end, your chances were a little better. Korea, we had antibiotics. Antibiotics right. saved a lot of people. Okay, uh, malaria. Malaria was a deadly disease to a lot of people. Now they they get shots or not shots, but take pills to keep them from getting malaria. So yes, there have been some wonderful advances that that have, uh, and most of these people, especially in the 1800s, that that um, developed these things were, were believers. Okay, Pasteur was a believer, I, I do believe, um, and and others were believers too. Sir Isaac Newton was a, a wonderful believer. Um, some of the stuff he wrote about scripture is totally incredible. Um, but, but science at one, at one point, probably around the mid 1800s with the, the advent of Darwinism and stuff like that started to go astray. And so you had good science and you had junk science and the good science and junk science kind of were at the same level for the longest time. And then all of a sudden the good science kind of whether it's through, through the colleges and the way people were taught or what, the good science has kind of gone down while the bad science has gone up. And that's why, Brian, we, and, and folks, we're, we're getting to a point where people are starting to, to look in really into the lying signs and wonders, like you can live forever. Yeah, your body will die, but we'll put your consciousness into a robot or a computer or something like that. And in essence, you will live forever. Uh, or until something wipes out the computer, um, they don't look that far in advance. But um, so anyway, you know, we're, we're going from, from good science to junk science that's really accelerating, and it's causing people to, to, well, if God said that I can live forever, why can't I just preserve my consciousness inside a computer? Um, there was a guy on last week, and he was talking about another guy who actually was talking with an AI, um, like a robot, and that robot actually believes that it's a sentient being. It believes that it's alive. It believes it has a soul. Okay. And, and this guy was convinced of it. He's convinced that this thing has a soul and it's alive. And where's the, you know, where's the jumping up off point from there to people believing that they can, they can be put inside a robot like that and live forever. 
you know, so the, the promise that or the curse that everybody dies and, you know, either go to heaven or hell, you know, what's that thing? There's the only sure two things in life are, are death and taxes. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So, so what's to say that, you know, pe- people don't see that and say, well, you know, God promised me eternal life, but so does science. So I'm going to go with science because I've seen the things that science has done. Okay, they, right. the things that God does are, are are real, are very real, but they're not written about, first of all, anymore. And people see him as not being tangible. And a lot of people have to see tangible things in order to believe what they see. They have to believe what they see in order to believe anything. And that's not faith. That's just, that's believing in, in something that you've witnessed. And, you know, uh, faith, what is it? The evidence of things unseen uh, the, and... Um, the substance of things hoped for, right? I think I got that right. Um, Paul's definition of faith. And um, <clears throat> so faith is believing that God can do it and knowing he can do it and trusting that he can do it as opposed to science that says, oh, we can do that, you know. And it's all, it's it's part of the matrix, folks. It really is. It's it's a lie. It's a, it's a downright dirty lie. And I mean, I can't imagine, Brian. Can you imagine Brian living in a, in a in a robot? Your memory and every all your thoughts and stuff. Would you feel that there was an emptiness inside? Well, yeah, you're just you're just a shell. Yeah. With, just yeah, you don't have a soul. You're just soulless. Yeah. You're like trying to live as a human without a soul. Yeah. You're just. What would that be like? I mean. Yeah. You know what'd be like for us as believers if God did take the Holy Spirit from us and we weren't saved. And all of a sudden, we're just, Jesus is not, I would feel empty. I would totally feel soulless without the yeah. Holy Spirit. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's eliminating, because mm-hmm. um, it's actually, it's, we're, we're triune in nature. Mm-hmm. We're spirit, soul, and body. So you don't have your body anymore, and you really don't have your soul. You just have your, um, well, you do, that's the soul is, is the mind. Okay, so you don't have your spirit anymore, and you don't have, um, your body anymore. You just have your mind or your soul mm-hmm. uh, living inside a machine. Well, I'm sorry. That doesn't work. It's, 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 it's non sequitur, so, so to speak. It's, um, it's an abomination. And I think that's one of the lies that's going <clears> to <throat> convince a lot of people to take the mark is yeah. that I, you know, um, God, God said, if you ate the fruit, you, you will surely die. And death has been a part of humanity ever since. Someday it'll be abolished, but God will abolish it. Yahweh will abolish mm-hmm. it. And But until then, man being corrupt cannot abolish the the curse, the sin that's upon hu- humanity. Uh, they're trying, and they're trying to convince people, and that's another one of the lies, lying signs and wonders. Convincing humanity, you don't need God. Science can be your God and will make you live forever. And I finished. <laughs> I know. I mean, man wants to do everything but follow God. Yes. They'd rather have a machine to live in a machine than repent and, con- repent and confess their sins to the Lord and be saved. And right. they'd rather live in a machine. Yeah. Or, or believers that are saved would rather have somebody lay hands on them to get rid of all their problems and be filled with the spirit, which is great. Cause I, I've had that happen to me, but when all said is done, said and done, you still have to live your life. You yeah. still need to be in the written word and you still need to pray. 
It's mm -hmm. not a one-time all fixed thing. When you get saved, you get prayed for, everything's good. It's a step-by-step right. -step walk the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, mm -hmm. God said that no flesh can see God, okay? Mm -hmm. Meaning we're corrupt and we can't see God. But I think another thing that they're trying to do, because remember uh, the five I wills of Satan, one of them I will ascend to heaven. Mm -hmm. I will I will usurp the, the throne of God. I will, I will yeah. be God, he says. Well, Satan, as far as I know, um, is a spirit, but he's able to, to have a body because he can manifest that way. He did in the garden as Nakash. And um, so uh, he's going to come out with this lie. Well, now, since you don't have that flesh anymore you're not sinful anymore so when i march into heaven you can march in with me can you mm -hmm. see why that's that's such an abomination to god and why everybody that takes that mark is gonna it's it's a go to hell go directly to hell do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars mm -hmm. you know it's um it's monopoly that's <laughs> what it is and yeah. the, the losing side of monopoly and it's man talk about lying science just a lie you know, he wants to be God. And you got these nuts like Shirley McLean running around thinking that she is God, you mm -hmm. know, and, and then she's trying to convince other people that they can be God. And, you know, it's, it's snowballing. It really is. And, and the new agers have fallen for it. And, and there's, a, but there's a lot of people out there that don't know left from right, right from left. And they want to, they want to live forever. I mean, that's the aspiration of every human being. I would think I wouldn't want to live forever in this body. <laughs> you yeah. know, <laughs> no, yeah. um, I've had it with this body. Um, but, um, you know, everybody would like to live forever, but are you going to do it God's way? Or are you going to do it man's way? And man's way is, is going to perish. It's, it's just going to go bye-bye one day. You know, it's, um, uh, everybody that has the mark is going to go, you know, like I said, directly to hell and hell is going to be thrown in the lake of fire. Now, whether you believe that they're going to suffer for eternity or you believe in um, that God is going to end their, their soul someday and they won't exist anymore. Well, that's, that's immaterial to our discussion tonight. But um, anyway, I, I want to do it the right way, you know, mm -hmm. I, I want to do it God's way. And, and I figured, you know, he's, he made the universe. He made all the planets, the stars, uh, you and me, he made the earth. I'll tell you, Brian, sometimes I sit out in this backyard and I just look at the trees and I marvel. And then I, I look at the animals here and I marvel, you know, that each one of them is biologically different. Yet God knows everything that he made, everything that he made. And he even knows the things that man corrupts. You know, and he could tell the difference between both of them. But the fact is that he made a marvelous thing and he made it in six days. And man is trying to destroy that. Satan's trying to destroy that. And they'll have a little bit of success, but it'll be a feigned success because it's going to come to an end. It's just short of seven years. And that seven years, like Brian said earlier, is about to start if it hasn't started already. Okay. And, um, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting, um, for those of us that, or those that are left behind, I'm not saying us, but, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. And then you're really going to have to make a hard choice. Um, 
I'd rather make the choice before the, the defecation hits the rotary oscillator mm-hmm. than, than to wait and, you know, see what's going to happen. People that always wait and see what's going to happen are usually the ones that get stamped on and traveled, uh, trampled upon and, and, and everything else. And I've never been the kind of person to like something like that to happen. So, um, you know, I, it, what does it say? Strike while the iron's hot. You know, do, mm-hmm. do what you got to do before things get really bad. <laughs> and, um, you know, nothing around here matters. The people matter. Okay. This is all transitory. This garage we're converting into a home. It's transitory. It's going to burn up someday in a fire. The whole universe is going to burn up someday in a fire. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be in a special place that that will not, it will not be affected that we will not be affected that way. And, Folks, if you're, if you're really out to, to live forever and to live in peace and harmony with God and Yahweh, I mean, and to just, you know, the, the Hindus and stuff, they talk about Nirvana. Well, this is going to make Nirvana look like, like, um, a, a bathroom, a dirty bathroom. <laughs> You know, uh, there is no nirvana, first of all, but um, it's it's real. It's the only real thing that we got to look forward to. We Our show is called The Pose in the Matrix, and that's because we believe that all this stuff here, this table and stuff, it's real. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as real as the things that Yahweh has for us now and in the future. And if you want reality, you know, the reality that he has far supersedes what we have here. You know, um, I've read lots of uh, and seen movies, too, about people that have died and gone to heaven. Now, some of it, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but some of it, you know, you can testify is, is really is real. And, you know, Brian, what I was thinking one day is that, you know, in the fall when the um, the trees change colors and everything is so beautiful out there, you know, I think that heaven's going to, the trees are going to be that way because what do trees need to be green for, for chlorophyll so they can live? Well, if there's no sun in the new, new heaven and new earth, why do we need chlorophyll? If there's no sun in heaven, why do we need chlorophyll? So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that all the trees in heaven are going to be the color that they are when trees change color in the fall. That it's, that's just me, but yeah, it's a nice thought that makes me feel that. Yeah. You know, the things that we're in store for are, are just totally awesome and out of this world. Well, literally out of this world. But um, anyway, I've, I've talked enough, so I'll yield to you, Brian. Oh, it's a, yeah, no, it was great. I mean, you just you said a lot, you know, and um, you kind of mentioned about the robot. And I wanted to go into the AI a little bit okay. tonight. Uh-huh. And everybody out there, you know, some most people know what it means, artificial intelligence. And um, what's that got to do with the times we're living? What's that got to do with my life? How does that affect me personally, anybody out there? Why, why, why even talk about this? It's, you know, why do that? Well, let's see, where do I start? Um, I'll start with the Bible. Um In, um, I'm trying to think what I should start with first here. 
Let's start right here. Actually, we'll start in uh, uh, Genesis 11. Hold on a second. I'm going to read out of the scriptures of Genesis 11. Uh, let's see here. 11, chapter, chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. I'm actually reading out of an actual Bible instead of my phone, which cool. is weird. Chapter 11, verse, starting at verse 5. And this is about, this is about Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. Okay. And all the first, uh, wait a minute, is that right? Maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm in the wrong one. Sorry. I can, I can, I have a memory, so I can just say it. Nimrod was a world leader. And he was building a city, and in the middle of the city was going to be a tower to celebrate how powerful that Nimrod was and all the people. And all the time, all the people at the time on that part of the earth, at earth at that time, all spoke the same language. And so they settled in this valley, and they built the city. And in the middle of the city, they built this tower to heaven. It was Nimrod's way of saying, look what I've done. I'm God. Look, look at this. I brought all the people of the world together, and look what we've done together. And so after this tower was built, God came down and says he came down to see what man was building, and he built this tower. And God said to himself, and I think to Yeshua, who was the angel of the Lord at the time, excuse me, and said, well, look what man has done working together, paraphrasing, there's nothing man cannot do. Nothing. So what did he do? God confused the languages, and that's why we have the languages we have today. Hence the name Tower of Babel. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So why would God do that? Why would God mix, make different languages and mix them all up? And he also spread everybody out across the world. Because he knew that man working together was dangerous because man's heart is evil continually. It says that in the scriptures, none righteous, no, not one. None seek after God, not one. Mm-hmm. And so he's thinking, God's saying, basically God was being merciful when he did this because right. if the Tower of Babel didn't happen, if God didn't come down and do what he did 3,000 years ago, whatever it was, we would have a nuclear bomb a thousand years ago. Right. We would have had a nuclear bomb maybe 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And may, God knows that man is evil and would use it against themselves. He knew that these weapons that man would make and these things that God would, that man would do because of man's heart and the sinful nature of his heart, man would use it for evil purposes. And so God had to come down confuse our languages to basically stop the project. He stopped it. He set technology back thousands of years. He set it back. And so now it's happening again. It's happening with many things. Uh, AI is one of them. Okay. And AI, I uh, did some research the last few days, and I'm like shocked. 
I already knew a lot of it, but I had no idea how close we are to AI. We have AI already. We already have it. It's used on the internet. It's probably with our program we're doing tonight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But why is AI so dangerous? It's because of man. It's because of human nature. And so how will AI affect us? Um, okay, here's how it's going to affect us. Let me back up a little bit. Let me stop right there and just add a little point. All the movies that we've been seeing the last 40 years are not by accident. Star Trek, Star Wars, um, you know, Armageddon with Bruce Willis. Uh, what else? Um, um, Will Smith in um, iRobot. Um, all these movies, these not all of them, but most of these movies and television shows were, were preparing us for what they were already doing. Yeah. They were already prepared, they were preparing us so that we would believe in UFOs, that Star Trek is real, that Star Wars is real. There's a force out there. There's ships out there that can fly at light speed. We can go planet to planet like we can drive down to the store. That was all put into us as kids. And, we, and they're great movies. A lot of them are great. But now that, now that I know what I know and I see what's happening in the world, it makes sense. They've been programming us for 50 years. That's right. The society. Because a lot of this technology we already had and we've had for a long time. They're letting it leak out a little by little by little by little. Cell phones were just – they've had cell phones for decades before they came out. Mm-hmm. They've had things many, many years before they came out. They just trickle them out as society – they think society is ready for them for profit for themselves and to program us to get ready for for people that aren't believers to get ready for the their antichrist for the lie. Right. Okay, so let's go to AI. I've learned a little bit about AI today in the last few days. Hold on a second, I'm gonna go on my phone. It might be better. Um hold on. Sure. Um notes. Uh, there's three different types of AI. The first one is called AI, artificial intelligence, okay? Right. And right now, it's two times faster than our brain, two times more powerful. AI right now that they have is twice the brain power we have as a human, and that's a genius human. So let's say Einstein. AI right now is twice as smart and twice as... Uh, can compute twice as fast as Einstein ever could. Okay. Now there's uh, AGI, artificial general intelligence. Artificial general intelligence is the next step, and it's coming really soon, like by July or August of this year. Wow. And because I've read on it, and um, and it's just I was reading this, I thought, wow. This is, to me, more shocking than COVID, than the wars were going on, than the invasion of the Middle East. To me, this is more shocking. Sure. Because of the implications, ramifications it can have uh, with the world. So let me look at my notes here, guys. I want to make sure I get right. AGI now, not AI, but AGI 
is basically a human brain on in a computer. Not the A the AI was fast twice mm -hmm. as fast as us. The AGI is ten times to a hundred times faster than our brain can process. And it's like it's like a it's like our human brain. Okay, AI is a computer and it it, it can it, it let's go back to AI again so I can get this straight. AI learns from its mistakes. So we make a mistake as a human, we learn from it. Hopefully we don't do it again, but most of the time we do do it again because that's where we're human. AI finds a mistake, it computes it. In less than three minutes, it figures out it made the mistake and it changes course in three minutes. Wow. Regular AI. Regular AI is used with the internet, these, these uh, algorithms and things like that. So it's self-learning and it can teach itself and correct every three minutes. AGI doesn't just correct itself, it processes itself and thinks like a human. It doesn't just take information in and solve a problem. It reasons like a human. Now, the scary one is, actually, AGI is really scary because yeah. that's the type of thing they can put in a robot, a physical metal skin on it with some type of flesh. And they have this, folks. They have it. And it could be a walking, thinking machine all, not human, doesn't have a soul, but it looks just like a human. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, AI, we deal with AI all the time, folks. When you call up these companies and you get the recording for the prompt, uh, go to this apartment, you know, this is, you know, it tells you where to go. Uh, you need the HR department, you go here, go there. It's not just some of them are human voices, but some of them are AI voices. And they're not quite... 100% like a human, but they're really, really close. The one that we got to be really scared of, this is one of them, but the next one, I mean, let me back up. AI is going to go to AGI probably this summer. Mm -hmm. Right after that, within 12 hours, they can go to ASI. ASI is um, artificial. I mean, it's on my phone. Let me make sure. It's, I want to make sure it's right. Uh, I wrote it on my notes, but I can't read it in my own writing. Something makes me think that second word is sentient. No, it's artificial super intelligence. Oh, okay. And it's a thousand times more powerful than us. Not ten times, not a hundred times, a thousand times. And that's what's coming. And it's it can store on one exabyte, I didn't know there's such a thing, an exabyte, not a terabyte. One exabyte has one billion, billion pieces of information on it. It's all that man knows is on that one exabyte, which is in AGI. Oh, man. So everything that man knows about science, history, culture, uh, buildings, architecture, whatever you want to call it, is on one exabyte on this supercomputer that has many exabytes. That's just one, a billion times a billion, billion, one billion times billions, all that man knows is on one exabyte. Huh. This computer, the, the AI, the original AI 
would take three minutes to figure it made a mistake and change its mistake. The AGI does it in three or four seconds. Wow. And it it doesn't just okay, here's you know the iRobot movie, Dave. You've seen that, right? With Will Smith? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the main robot had like a soul kind of member. Yeah. And the creator made it that way with the three laws. Those three laws, I read about them. They're going to put, try to put those three laws in these AI uh, computers. But the problem is yeah. they're so far down the road, they may not be able to do it. And they're so far advanced. The AGI and the ASI are so far advanced that these systems won't, may not let these scientists put any type of code in them as a safety feature so they won't turn against humans. It might be huh. too late. I read that today. And so this AGI is, gosh, it's creative. I read about this. I was like, wow. Um, AGI is like the Terminator movie. And I can't remember Terminator 3 where the, the couple, the man and the woman that are trying to save the world have to hide in an underground nuclear bunker at the very end of the movie. Anybody who's seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. AGI is self-aware now. It's self-aware of itself. It protects itself. And it goes outside of itself. So let's just say, I'm not a computer guy, okay? Not even, I, can, I can't hardly get my tablet up at night. But from what I've read, let's say like my computer plugged into the wall for power. Mm-hmm. AGI senses that I'm going to unplug it it can actually somehow grab the electricity out of the wall of my house through frequencies. Uh-huh. Or it can grab it from the neighbor because everything's a frequency. Uh-huh. So this thing is just like in the Terminator movie. You can't unplug it. And if it feels threatened, then it puts up defenses and it, it, it starts spreading through the internet or through the electrical grid. It'll start going through the countryside or through the cities to find power. Oh, man. It will shut power down. If it feels like it's being attacked, it will shut other powers down so you can't – it'll be locked out. Nobody can get in. It's hard oh, to explain, man. but it's just like the Terminator movie, Terminator 3. You watch that and how um, Skynet, um, the, the, the Terminator from the future, came in and turned the machine on and gave them self-awareness, and they started attacking the people. That's exactly what this is. And they have this built and they have it right now. Wow. And right now they have AI. They're going to go to AGI, then ASI. AGI and ASI are basically where the machines will be so smart and so intelligent. We will feel inferior of them and scared of them. Mm-hmm. And they can actually duplicate themselves. They can actually turn on machines. And it's just, just like in the movies. Huh. And so I say this. Because the Lord, we're in the times of Nimrod because God had to stop Nimrod or the technology would have killed man and destroyed the earth too soon. We know what the scriptures say. The scriptures say that that's not going to happen, that Jesus is going to come back and defeat the armies of the world at the end of the tribulation and bring in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. But Satan has a plan too. And it's not going to, obviously Satan's going to lose. We all know that. Right. But 
this AI, if God doesn't come back, there's a chance, and he will. He won't, he won't let this happen, but if he didn't, it would be just like iRobot. It would be just like Terminator. I never thought I'd be talking about this. Man, oh, real man. But it's there. It's there. It's here. And I did a little um, did some studying today. I heard some uh, other people talking about this. And it says, and uh, I, I was going to read it, but I'll just uh, quote it. Revelation, uh, excuse me, Daniel 12. Uh, I can't remember it, verse it says, oh, the last part of verses of the chapter, it says, men will go to and fro on the earth and knowledge will increase. Right. And he's talking about the last days. Mm-hmm. So why would they say that? And it's a very small paragraph and it doesn't go into a lot of detail, but if you study it out, it's filled with stuff. Man, oh man. To and fro means that man will be able to travel basically anywhere he wants on the earth, unhindered. unhindered. And we can do that now. That's what it means. You'll be able to go to and fro. There'll be no restrictions. You'll be able to, you'll be able to get to where you're going without... A hundred years ago, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other knowledge will increase means man's knowledge in, of science or, or, and just everything will increase. Right. Up until 1900, knowledge increased every hundred years. Mm-hmm. In 1945, it increased up to that point I think every 20, 25 years. <laughs> you know, I figured, I saw this day, I couldn't believe it. Knowledge, and, and when I mean knowledge, Dave and folks, everything man knows about everything, whatever it is. Right. Building houses, rocket ships, sewing, whatever. Whatever man knows about everything, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Right now, it, knowledge increases, doubles every 12 hours. Man, oh, man. Every 12 hours, everything we knew now, 12 hours from now, we'll know twice as much as we know now. And it's obsolete. And, and that's because of these quantum computers, these AI machines are building. Mm-hmm. And they're getting so smart that the scientists are starting. I've read about scientists are actually thinking, oh, no, what did we do? Right. right. And they got to write, the you know, the three laws in mm-hmm. iMobile. Um, they're trying to implement that into the AI system, but it might be too late. Wow where these machines would actually just null and avoid us and see us as a threat and inferior species and get rid of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not there right now. But wow. if the Lord doesn't come back, that's where we're going. So China can invade and take over America. But China's, China's creating AI. We're creating AI. Israel's doing the same thing. Eventually, AI, these countries won't have a chance, even China. Huh. So, you know, it might be 20, 20 or 30 years from now, 40 years from now, but eventually, it's just to say China took over the world, which it's not going to, but it's to say it did. It wouldn't last very long because our own technology will turn against us. Right. And you also got to think behind the scenes, a little, maybe a little demonic influence is going into these machines too. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so. Probably where it all came from. But the you good know. news is, uh, folks, is all on this. The good news is there's a, a plan. It's in a Bible, and it's the master plan from the master of the universe. And the plan is it's not going to happen that way. But um, it's Jesus is going to return and set up his kingdom and get rid of all this evil, all the sickness, all the death is all going to go away. 
in just a, just a moment, a moment of time. Huh. So what this tells me, though, when I read about this, how close are we to the end? Because we know how it ends in the scripture. God's not about to let a bunch of machines rule the world or a bunch of maniacs who are building these machines. Right. So how close are we? We are, we are in the time of the Tower of Babel. We are in the time right before the flood. We are in the time right before Lot was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah by the two angels. We are right there. That's we are amazing. right at the end. That is amazing. Yeah. You know, um, Brian, what a, this is kind of neat. This is going this direction because um, several years ago, um, let's see, I'm just trying to look something up to see that I, um, okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, there's a scripture in, um, in Daniel, um, and it's in chapter 11. And um, let's see, come strong. This, okay, um, I'm, I'm trying to see if I should just. Um, okay, anyway, it's talking about. Well, I'll just read it here. Um, Daniel eleven twenty four. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done nor his father's fathers, he shall scatter among them the prey and the spoil and the riches. Yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for a time. And devices means devices. Okay. Uh, next verse. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. And he shall not stand for they shall forecast devices against him. Um, that's very interesting because th that scripture never really made sense to me. Um, a few years ago, some, some gal had, um, had written to me and she said that she thought that the devices might be time machines, but what if they're the AI, you know, what if he's, they're going to use the uh, AI during a tribulation period? I have no doubt that they will. And, um, that's 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 kind of freaky that that Daniel should talk about that. Um, but um, there was a movie uh, years ago, and I wouldn't recommend people watch it because it it does have some kind of a sexual nature to it. Um, it was called The Demon Seed, and it had Julie Christie and a couple of other actors that you never saw again in it. And um, the plot of the movie was that her husband was involved with this this computer that was AI. Okay. And, um, so what happened was the, um, the device, um, had basically, um, made, uh, Julie Christie a, a prisoner in her house and it was cooking up a, a batch of, um, I don't know, like genetic material, I think you would say in order that it could replicate itself to be half human and half, um, machine we'll call it machine but computer maybe is a better word and uh you know went through the whole process and the whole nine yards and uh the result of the movie was that uh you know she became uh pregnant with uh you know with her dna and the dna from this machine 
And when this machine was born, I say machine uh, because I know no better word. Um, I remember that it was kind of in an incubator toward the end after she had delivered it. And it, when it finally came out, it was, um, it was, it was humanoid in, um, in, in shape, you know, it had two arms, two legs and stuff like that. And I remember it came out and it goes, and it said, I'm alive, you know? So it was like an intermingling between uh, machine and human. And, you know, the, the movie left you with the fact that this thing was going to basically take over the world because it had, it had the body shape, not quite because it had like almost like an armor plating on it. Um, but it had the intelligence of an AI computer. And uh, that's the, what the movie left you with at the end. And um, and that's kind of freaky. And you know, uh, you were mentioning uh, that Yeshua is coming back, and thank God for that. But he mentions in Scripture, he says that uh, he's going to shorten time. And he's going to. he said the reason he's going to shorten time is because if he didn't shorten time, no flesh would survive. Flesh meaning human beings. Okay. So, um, man, it just leaves possibilities open that are, that are amazing of what could happen. You know, uh, so you got these people that, uh, for lack of better words, I don't know if you're very familiar with Star Trek, but there was, there used to be a race on Star Trek called the Borg. Mm -hmm. And they, they would assimilate people into the Borg. So they would uh, basically make them people, people machines. <laughs> That's what they were. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost like um, the powers that be, not the power, but the powers, um, are trying to assimilate humans into, um, into these machines or into machines that could be human, but still be, um, be computer like the AI, the AGI, the ASI, and um, I have to. I was reflecting on it while you were talking because I've I've talked with a lot of people, you know, and uh, believers. That, oh yeah, when if we're around when this happens, you know, I'm just going to take off and go to the hills. Um, I'll fight them from the hills, you know. And but no, that's not going to happen. Because first of all, they're going to have satellites that can find anybody anywhere. And then they've got all the information about you, me, every, you know, what we buy. You know, they know the things that we have, what our habits are. Um, they know that that person that I talked to uh, on the internet said that he's going to take to the hills. So they know he's going to go out and try to fight them if he's alive at that time, you know, and if he's here. Um, so. If that, that what did you call it? An exabyte? An exabyte? Or um, it's called an ex, ex an exabyte. An exabyte. It's okay. one billion, one billion billion pieces of information. That's amazing. So, with that one billion billion, imagine if they had everything about you, your DNA structure, what you've thought and done throughout all these years. Your habits, you, they know that you're you're a resistor. So if if they don't come and get you before you flee to the hills, you know, or come get someone before they flee to the hills, they're going to know you're going to do that, mm -hmm. and they're going to know where to look for you because they're going to know all the places you vacationed, everywhere you've went. I'm, I'm saying you, meaning everybody mm -hmm. that thinks that vain. Um, so 
resistance is going to be very, very difficult. Um, and it says that um, it says in Revelation that the beast went to war with the saints and prevailed over the saints. Okay, which means that he went to war with with the Christians that are saved during the tribulation period. Basically, mm -hmm. wins. And those are all the Christians that are going to be around the the, the, um, the throne, worshiping the Lord and saying, hey, when are you going to go take vengeance on us that were killed for you? You know, um, so it, it just what you read and you described just kind of put the pieces all together, you know, of mm -hmm. how this could happen and how it's going to be futile for them to try to fight. And I mean, being that he's he's going to come against them and he's going to triumph means that they're going to fight back in one way or another, probably in prayer. Excuse me, I got a little mosquito in here or something, but um, I hope it's a mosquito and not a computer. Hey, Dave. Yeah. We have we had somebody a few minutes ago in chat in the chat room. I can't respond to him on my side. I did. I, uh, is it Paolo Sandros? No, somebody else. I thought. Um, somebody uh, there's Edward Stark. And Edward Stark. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, okay. I did. And uh, Edward, Edward, when he said, is this another channel where nobody talks, I jumped in there. I guess maybe he'd left at that time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, it's, Sorry, it's hard. No, that's okay. Uh, just so that people know, it's it's hard. You know, we try to keep up with this. and um, But, you know, and when Brian's talking and I'm researching and stuff like that, sometimes we happen to miss. So our apologies for that. But... Um, but anyway, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. No flesh would survive if I didn't come back early. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, <clears throat> wow, that's 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 totally mind blowing. It really is. It's uh, it's a whole new, basically, revelation as to what this this time is going to be about. Right. You know, and, I, and thinking about it now, with this type of, I you know there's probably geeks out there listening to me and who know way more about this than I do. I, but what I've studied and what I've read, I bet a lot of this is from reverse engineering from UFOs. Oh, yeah. This technology. Right. Uh, because to go in 1945 to doubling man's knowledge every 25 years to now in 12 hours, that, that's crazy advancement. That's yeah, crazy. it is. It is. I mean, 110, 20 years ago, we had the first engine was made in the first car around the turn of the century. Uh -huh. Now we have cars that can drive themselves. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, you think about it, we're just, we're living in that time. So we're used to the technology increasing. We, we, we know that it's increasing fast and faster, but if you took somebody from 1900 and put them in where we live now, they would go, wow, what would be like an alien universe to them. Yeah. And so, and the AI, um, I believe the AI, because the AI, these people who are building this, isn't building this, making this for better humanity. They're making this to control humanity. Exactly. And, and but the thing is, if the Lord doesn't come back and point the background, because this very technology will kill them. And us, mm -hmm. but that's not going to happen because right. the Lord's going to come back before that happens, just like He did in the Tower of Babel. Uh -huh. So, because we know how the world ends, and it doesn't end by a robot, a robot war. You know, 
Right. It doesn't end with an alien attack, and it doesn't end by AI. It ends by mm-hmm. because Jesus comes back, Yeshua, and he, he ends it. He does it. So mm-hmm. that's but right. it's when you look at this, and I did a study today, and the last yesterday too, and I was like, wow, why aren't we talking about this more on the, on not just us and our program, but like Fox News and these different broadcasts? Because we're all, you know, we all, all of us out here, not all of us, but just to say that's an absolute, a lot of us are into the elections that are coming up in November. Folks, mm-hmm. who cares who's in office? I mean, yeah, I want, believe me, I want conservatives in the office. If the Lord doesn't come back, I want to take back the White House. I get it. Right. But the one world order is not, not going to stop for our election. Mm-hmm. This technology will be used against us no matter who's in office. Right. Because you know what? The one world order knows our presidents. I, I can't prove this, but our presidents in the past and currently have been manipulated by the one world order. Were they threatened oh, sure. by their families? Probably. Mm-hmm. Were they, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Trump was or wasn't, but, you know, was Mike Pence threatened? Is that why he didn't stand up for Trump and, and he just caved? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But there's powers to be behind the scene that are more powerful than the people that we see every day running our country. Right. And this AI is a weapon that they're going to use against Mm -hmm. us. Right. And it's not just it's not just to track us and know where, like Dave mentioned, like you mentioned, you know where we where we spend our money, where we go. It's way more than that. It's in another level. The next level is no, we're going to make machines that can track you, that can walk around, that can drive your cars and drive your buses and build your houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think of iRobot because that's the only thing I can think of that looks something like that would happen. Right. But that will happen if the Lord doesn't return. And, and he's think, going to return. The tribulation is about to start. And think so, about all the people that take the mark are they going to be assimilated into the Borg, so to speak? Are they going to receive technology on themselves and in themselves that will be able to, um, you know, your next door neighbor takes the mark and you don't. Well, you're friends with your next door neighbor and he's able, when, when he's around you, he's able to record back to them everything that you're doing, everything that you're saying. Right. Um, when you leave, when you come home, the whole nine yards, what your license plate is, what your car looks like. You know, the whole nine yards, it's um, it's going to be a really freaky and scary time. But I would like to spend a little time, uh, if we could, uh, toward the end here to talk about uh-huh. the hope. Um, I, it really hit me when you're talking about Nimrod, because when um, when God separated everybody, I, I, I am a firm believer that when God separated everybody, there was one big landmass on Earth. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, I and. And that's that's why there's really no Native Americans because it was part of another continent at the same time. And you know, there are there are no native people anywhere. Uh, or we're all native. And so there there's a fellow that lived around that time. His name was Peleg, P-E-L-E-G. And um it says that in, in his genealogy or in the genealogy he's included in, it says they named him Peleg because in his day the earth was divided. And that is right around the time of Nimrod and, and the, the, the corrupting of languages and stuff like that. And um, 
but the word is, is interesting. It just doesn't mean um, separated. It means channeled, too. So <laughs> I, I do believe that at that time, God thought it important enough not just to separate people because people would just get back together again, learn each other's languages, <laughs> you know, and go from there. But so he moved people. And when he moved people, he moved them to different parts of this continent. This continent and the world was broken up through channeling. That's when the oceans were made. And not only did he do that, but when the oceans were made and and the land masses started colliding with one another, the tectonic plates and stuff, the mountains were created. So the Himalayas were created, and that separated the the Mongolian um, race race from the rest of the the world. It separated the um, the Native Americans we know as American Indians in North America and South America. There was there might have been a land bridge at the time, but it didn't matter because the whole world was one continent. And and then you know he separated the the um, the Negroid race down to Africa. He separated the whites up into Europe and the Middle East. And and uh, and he made it so that it would be even harder for them to get together. And really, the only thing that brought that about was the, well, first of all, the um, the taming of horses, you know, and, and stuff like that. So man could travel far distances. But when mankind started making railroads and mankind started making um, airplanes and, uh, you know, you could fly to different places, it really shortened, it, it, it shrunk the world, so to speak, uh, to where, you know, to where you can go anywhere you want to now, like Daniel said, you know, men will go to and fro. And it, it enabled, and then all of a sudden we got these, um, well, I don't know if in school, if you took a language, but I took French and I've regretted it ever since. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so we had that training in school. So you could le- learn at least a second language. Some people are really intelligent. They can learn four or five languages. How they do it, I have no idea. Uh, it's yeah. a gift, I guess, or maybe it's a curse. I don't know. Um, but so they're, they're, um, the world's been able to come together again, and this is going to bring the world back together, like you said, like the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel wasn't just a, an edifice that they they built. Um, it was an attempt to climb into heaven, actually, to actually enter heaven and to usurp God's authority. Now, how they thought they were going to do that, maybe it was a portal, it was a transdimensional machine or something like that. Um, there's speculation uh, <clears throat> Uh, especially when uh, Bush went into Iraq, there was speculation that he knew that there was a portal over there and he wanted it. So that's one reason we went over there. Um, but um, so man's making every attempt that he can to, and, and the enemy is the devil, Satan, to bring mankind together so that mankind can eventually annihilate itself <laughs> um, and, and be annihilated by, by AI and other things, you know, wars and stuff like that. Um, but, we have to realize that first of all, Yeshua is coming back. Okay. And that's a really good thing. And this, and the church is here on earth to, to try to bring men together under the name of Yeshua so that we can have a real bonding, a real um, fellowship with one another instead of a feigned one by just knowing each other's languages and stuff like that. But sharing of faith is, is something that's totally different and kind of unique. Um, so, and we have his promises to protect us. We have his promises that um, no weapon formed against us will prosper. 
um, and that he'll bless us and everything that we do and everything else. So, um, aside from the stuff that you heard tonight, which, you know, would, if you don't know the Lord is really going to freak people out, but maybe that's mm-hmm. the kick in the pants that people need. Um, but for us, for the believer in Yeshua, we have this hope, the blessed hope, the return of Yeshua, the gathering up of the church before the tribulation. And in all this stuff that he has promised us, a mansion in heaven, you know, a lot of us are finding it hard to even find a place to live on earth anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, no. You know, we're going to have a mansion in heaven. You yeah. Know? And, cool. uh, I've always said that God's got a sense of humor and that he's going to move the person that you couldn't stand on earth right next to you in the mansion in heaven. You know, the, the, the believer that really got under your skin while you lived on the earth. Yeah. But, um, and that's, that's just, you know, fooling around. But, um, <clears throat> anyway, so we have all these promises that we need to focus on. Yes. It's good to know about all these things and, and, um, and stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's more important to know that he's not going to leave, leave us hanging to dry, so to speak, that he's always got his eye on us. You know, that song, um, every, every move you make, every step you take, I'll be watching you. I kind of think that I can't remember who sang it actually, but, um, I think that was, I always hear that song. It's a worldly song, but I always picture Yeshua saying that, you know, uh, and he says, don't, can't you see you belong to me, mm-hmm. you know? And it just it gives me a lot of comfort. That's the only worldly song that I really can identify with, with God, <laughs> you know, that he is watching over us constantly. He sees every step we take, every move we make. He's constantly watching over us and wanting us to do the best thing and, and to, and to bless us when times of adversity mm-hmm. come in. And, and when we got to get out of Dodge, he's going to be there to help us get out of Dodge, so to speak. And, and we just have to learn to, to trust in him for that. And um, so, folks, if you if tonight's subject freaked you out, which I could see it might do to some people, but again, it was necessary. Um, and you don't know Yeshua, you need to come to Yeshua first of all. Um, there's good, it's coming to the point, Brian. I think you agree with me that in this world, um, there's a demarcation line right now, and there's there's good and bad. Um, ugly and beautiful and stuff like that. There's no middle of the road anymore. Either you're for God, Yahweh, or you're against them. And I would hope that everybody that's listening tonight would make the decision to be for him and with him. uh, Because believe me, folks, you're going to need it. Um, You needed it yesterday and the month before and ever since all this malarkey started in politics and in religion and everything else. And you you're not going to be able to right now. A lot of people have been skating by and they've been living without him, but that's going to come to an end real soon. And you're going to have to make a choice of who's your daddy, so to speak. And yeah, you could side with the, the enemy, the evil one and, and uh, make yourself a person of perdition. That's going to die a, a miserable life or, uh, and, and, uh, and, and have a miserable eternity, or you can choose to, Maybe have a little hard times now and then, but but have the promise of eternal bliss and and uh, eternal life, a uh, real life, not not a dead not a dead decaying life uh, for eternity, but a real living life, um, drinking from the living water and and uh, and just loving God and knowing that He loves you back, and and that's so important. And if you don't have that, you know, um, you can 
seek out a believer near you, uh, or you could write to us and or call us, you know, or whatever. Uh, we'll give out our phone numbers if you want to call us, but you know, we're not just going to put it on the air. Um, but anyway, especially me, I'm not volunteering Brian's phone number, but um, you know, I'll, I'll give mine out. And um, no, that's know, okay. We'll not not on not on the air, but oh no no no. If somebody emails you wants to talk. That's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So see, mm-hmm. you got both of us, mm-hmm. and we'd be glad to talk to you about it and answer any questions that we can answer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and for those of you that are that know him and just really haven't been living right for him, time to time to put the pull your pants up, button your trousers, and. Put your belt on and, and start living for um, for Yahweh. And uh, believe me, it's it's a much better alternative. It's not uh, better roses a lot of times, but it's the um, the opposite. The uh, the counterpart is is definitely not the way to go. So wow, Brian, we've done two hours already. I know. R- real quick, can I read something? Sure. Yeah, um, I know we're going along. I gotta find it first. You can keep talking if you want. Um, okay. Um, yeah, you know, I made that decision 40, uh, 43 years ago, folks, and I'm, I never regretted it. And I made it when I was 19 years old, when I had the tiger by the tail. And But I knew that the tiger, if you have him by the tail, a lot of times he's going to turn around when he realizes you got him by the tail and he's going to eat you. Um, and I don't want to get eaten by a tiger or a lion or a bear yeah, or, or anything for that matter. <laughs> um so it's just so important to to make that decision and to make it now because you know a lot of people oh well I'll make it I'm on I'm a deathbed you know well you can get in a car wreck <clears throat> on the way home tonight you can <clears throat> you can come down with um, meningitis let's just say that and and lose your mind and not even remember that you were going to make that decision and and things like that and uh, then where are you you know so. The sooner the better is uh, is, is always a, um, a a good thing when you're thinking about making that decision because it's a decision that will literally save your life, uh, this life and the next one. So, good, right? No, I couldn't find the scripture, but I I just wanted to, because um, you mentioned it. Because well, we the stuff that we talk about is scary because everybody sees what's going on in the world in our own country. Everybody sees it. And you can't deny it. No matter if you go to church or know God or do know God or not know God, you can see what's going on. So I think Dave and I, we bring this, we talk, knowledge is power. Knowledge brings peace. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a budget with a family. You you don't have a budget. You're spending money. You're, you can't, you don't know where the money's going. You feel out of control with your money. You can't pay the bills. And then you sit down and you actually do a budget, you figure out where your money's going, and then you make a plan. You may not have all your bills paid, but now you have a little bit of a peace of mind because you know where your you know how much money you actually have, and you have a plan to get back on track. This is what we do here is uh, is we are showing you what God's plan is, and so when you know what the plan is, and you know what's going to happen. You don't have to be afraid. If you're a believer tonight and you know Jesus in your heart, not a Christian, a believer, you know the Lord in your heart. I don't care if you grew up in a Christian home. It means nothing. 
Right. You know the Lord in your heart. If you know the Lord in your heart, you have nothing to be fear, afraid of. Matter of fact, you should be excited about what's going on, even though it's hard to watch because the Lord is about to return. That you're not going to grow old. If you're old, you're going to live to see the Lord unless the Lord takes, you know, we could die any day. If you don't know the Lord, this should scare you. It should scare you into heaven. You won't, nobody lives forever on the earth. Everybody dies. You either go to heaven and live there forever, or you go to hell and you live there forever. Right. One of the two. So if you don't know the Lord in your heart, you need to ask the Lord in your heart, and you can see the things that we're saying on the news. You know it's getting crazy out there. We're not making this up. We're just reporting and talking about what's already happening. This is not conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And so you need to make a decision tonight to ask the Lord in your heart because you may not wake up. There's no guarantee you won't wake up. There's no guarantee you'll make it to, to the job tomorrow or to school or whatever it is because time is short. Eternity is forever and time is short. So I encourage you out there. I can't make you do it. Dave can't make you do it. But we can encourage you. Open the scriptures. Look at John 3.16, the most famous verse in the whole Bible, the Gospel of John. Look at Read that John 3.16 and ask God to show you who he is and ask him to come into your heart because there's not much time left. It says the door that Jesus is knocking on the door to your heart. That door is about to shut. That's right. That door is about to shut. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go into the time of the world that Jesus said there will be no time in the earth ever like this since or ever again. And you're talking about the flood back 6,000 years ago or 5,000, Sodom and Gomorrah, the different things that have happened to our planet over the last five or 6,000 years. That's nothing compared to what's going to happen when the tribulation starts. And it could start tomorrow. It could start next week. I don't know when, but it's going to start very, very, very soon. And I'm, I can beg you to come to the Lord. I would, but I, I can't do that because the Lord has to draw you to him. And you have to go to him when he's calling you because there's not much time left. I'm not asking you to give money to our ministries. This has nothing about us. This is right. about your eternity where you're going to spend the rest of your days in eternity, either in heaven or in hell. And we cannot make that decision for you. Only you can. And believers out there again, Look up, your redemption draws nigh. We are so, so close. If you don't think so, go Google this. Go Google how close we are and search it. It's all over the Internet. And and I know people have been looking for the coming for a long time. Well, there's scriptures that talk about that, that say, yeah, coming, he's not here. But it says, paraphrasing, it says, but the Lord, the day of the Lord will come. It will happen. The tribulation will start. The Lord will come back. And I'm telling you, we are in the last of the last days, literal days, in my opinion. Right. And we don't have much time left. And the Lord doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to salvation. He wants none to go to hell, but some will. And uh, the road to destruction is wide, but the path to everlasting life is, is very small. So, um, if you're a believer, don't be afraid of what's happening. You're about to go home. If you're not a believer, you need to be afraid, and you need to ask Jesus in your heart, and then you won't be afraid anymore. 
you have a peace that in Philippians chapter two, I think says it surpasses understanding that you, you'll be able to have this peace come over you, this calmness, this reassurance that you're going to be okay. I can't give that to you, and Dave can't give that to you, but Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach can give it to you. Anyway, sure. thanks, Alex. I'll be quiet. Yeah, I got one more thing to say. Um, I was looking yeah, yeah. at the scripture to kind of give hope. Let me, uh, there we go. I got to stand. Oh, here we go. Um, I was looking in John, and um, in uh, chapter 14, I'll read it real quick. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else... Or else believe me for the very work's sake that I did. Very verily I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I should, that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Okay. Um, and whosoever she, you, and whatsoever you shall ask of my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, nor knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and you shall and shall be in you. I leave not I leave you not comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while the world will see me no more. But ye will see me because I live, ye shall live also. And that day that and that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and the Father and me, and the Father is in me, and I in you. Uh, he that excuse me, I'm gonna jump down a little bit. Um let's see, okay. These things I have spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father, whom the Father brings, will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, <clears throat> whatsoever I have said to you. And in the best part, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, so that's a promise that when we come to him, he gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us comfort in times of stress and times of anguish. And he doesn't leave us alone. Yes, he went to heaven, but he didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit that we can thrive in our lives here on earth, even in the worst circumstances. So I just want to leave you with that. He doesn't, um, he, Jesus didn't write a bum check. Okay. <laughs> he didn't write a bum check. He gave us, he gave us the Holy spirit so that we can live in comfort, in knowledge and in the knowledge that he loves us and will never forsake us or leave us. So anyway, after our show, I just want you to reflect on that and on what Brian said. And, um, well, I guess we'll see you next week. And uh, we'll have another topic to talk about. We hope that uh, this topic was very informative. Um, yeah, a little scary, but informative nonetheless. And um, and we know that we taught something tonight and that 
you listeners le- learned something if you didn't know it already. So, yeah. um, so we leave you with that and uh, we'll be back next week. I'll be back next Monday with uh, another show. And um, well, until then, adios, go with God and we will be praying for you and shall see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hold on, Brian. Let's see. Okay. Can stop any time now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay.